Wireless headphones. That'll be $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. He's kind and he's funny and he's also mustachioed. He solves all your problems by the end of every episode. TV Dad. Everyone loves TV Dad. to your TV dad. Switch to Progressive and you could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Jackson McCurry. No Anthony Jokey tonight, but we have a special guest. Uh, He hasn't been on the show for a couple months, and now he is officially a member of the Orange and Brown Report former colleague. I still call him a colleague though, cause he's a good friend and I'm gracious for him to come on the show. Once again, Jack Duffin is with us, Jack, first of all, cause we didn't really give you a big proper farewell, but congratulations on your new gig at the OBR and thank you for all you contributed to the Dogland over the last couple of years, man. So uh, very much appreciated for what you did uh, for us with the team and congratulations once again for your new role at the OBR. No, thank you so much. And um, obviously, Hey, I don't go and get that role without having a base to write and start. And that was the Dogland. So uh, really genuinely thankful for you and Anthony and the rest of the team. Um, but yeah, having great fun. Been there just over a month now, I think. Who knows? It's all a blur, especially this crazy, crazy time of the year. Um, we're actually able to breathe now. Yeah, I mean, the draft's over. We got rookie mini camp this weekend. And it's like, yeah, we can we can relax a little bit. Like, we just did our 300th episode last week and me and Anthony were going to do an episode about the schedule release, which we're still going to probably do this weekend, but it's like, we're in chill mode right now until the end of July. Cause like nothing else is really going to happen. We might see a free agency signing here or there, but we're all on cruise control until training camp at this point. Yeah. It's one that there's not that much going on. Obviously lots of people want, Oh, I'll trade this player, sign this player. And it's like, and like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, definitely. And like, it was so funny because we were going to talk about the wide receiver room today, you and me. And then lo and behold, like an hour ago, we get the news. Uh, I think a lot of people were expecting, um, maybe not the team per se, but Jarvis Landry is officially not an option for the Cleveland Browns anymore. May have not have been an option at all for the Browns the last couple months, but you know, there was still hope out of the fan base. He is signing a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints per himself. He broke the news himself with a nice little clip, uh, you know, showing his time in new Orleans at LSU and now mixing in some saints highlights as well. So um, Landry officially going to new Orleans, not coming back to Cleveland, but you know, for you and I, Jack, we kind of expected this was not going to be the case. And you know, the inklings we've, we've gotten over the last couple of weeks, we knew that Landry was no longer an option for Cleveland. Yeah. So it's one that, Hey, the OVRs, Brad Stain, but pretty early on was like, this isn't happening. Yeah. Um, there was talks and what we've heard is there was an offer of a minimum deal um, and incentives. He turned that down and they cut him. And then there's been nothing since the cut. He's approached the team several times with different trade, different contracts that will work for his side. 
And the team's been like, now nah, we're good. And since the draft, nothing. Because they've added several wide receivers. They don't need him anymore. Um, and that's it. It's kind of ended. And then we heard the other week of, oh, there's this, this video that he's put online. And, oh, it says returning. And it was like, I said to you and a few others at the time, it's like, if that's the name, it's done. And everyone's like, no, but it's returning. It must be coming to the Browns. I'm like, no, you just don't use that terminology of going back to a team that's just cut you. And then the big video, um, it all just pointed to New Orleans or I, th- I, th- I think there was a solid chance he could have been a Raven. Yeah. And it's so funny. Cause like every Baltimore is always in the mix for these wide receivers. Um, you know, they had Sammy Watkins last year, but it's like, it seems like wide receivers do not want to go to Baltimore just because of the scheme. Like they're a heavy run attack. You know, they focus more on the tight ends. Lamar Jackson has not had a strong history of uh, production with the wide receiver room. It's like, I think Landry thought about it, but at the same time, he's like, let me go back home to Louisiana and to new Orleans, join Jameis Winston and that offense that has Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, uh, Alvin Kamara, barring his legal situation. Like new Orleans has a lot of pieces and Landry can be showcased as a third wide receiver instead of going to Baltimore being wide receiver one, theoretically, you know, he could be probably number two behind Rashad Bateman, but not get a lot of production and not get a lot of touches. I mean, it's, it was a smart move on him to go to new Orleans, you know, go home and try to, you know, resurrect that offense in the post Drew Brees era. Yeah. And we haven't heard the contract yet and no doubt it would be full of incentives. It's a one year deal, um, which makes sense for both sides. You, you don't go and sign multi-year deals um, at this point, but it, it's one that, Hey, good luck to him. Um, I think people that have listened to me before know I'm, I'm not his biggest fan. Um, but I'm, I'm sure whoever adds him will get value now because his value has gone so far down than what it was. He was so overpaid that no one wanted to face that. And now, hey, if you take some cheap deal for a wide receiver needy team, which isn't so much where the Browns are, but there is plenty of needy teams out there, it probably works really well for him. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, I mentioned we were going to talk about the wide receiver room. Right now, Jack, there's 11 wide receivers if my – depth chart is correct that I put together post-draft um you know they have Amari Cooper they have Donovan Peoples-Jones David Bell Anthony Schwartz Jakeem Grant uh Javon Williams Jamarcus Bradley they drafted Michael Woods late and then they also added Travell Harris Isaiah Weston and Mike Harley Jr and there was a report last weekend from both Mary Kay Cabot and Terry Pluto and this was actually a two-parter one number one the Browns almost drafted John Mechie the third out of Alabama with the 44th pick had they not moved down with Houston uh, which moved them back to pick 68 which I think was a shock because there was no reports that the Browns met with John Mechie uh, brought him in for a pre-draft visit worked him out anything obviously he was uh, recovering from an ACL injury but we never heard that there was any strong interest between from the Browns on Mechie Um, They ultimately decided to move back. And then the other one from Mary Kay was that the Browns aren't looking at the veteran receiver market. And I don't agree with that. I feel like they need to bring in somebody and maybe after this weekend with the rookie minicamp, if they're not impressed with some of the guys out there that they might dip their toe back in the veteran market. But um, the way the wide receiver room is constructed right now, I think we would expect Cooper people's Jones bell Schwartz and grant to make it. And then, could they carry six? I think they will carry six this year. It's just a matter of, well, one of these bottom of the roster guys impress enough to be wide receiver six, or do they ultimately go out and sign a veteran? 
Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting one where they're in a nice position that there is oh, there's an extra supply than is required, which means they don't need to rush to the table. If we were talking, hey, Will Fuller's available, and then after that you're you're looking at a guy that has played less than 50 snaps in the league, then you're going, hey, we need to rush, make a decision here. Do we want him? Do we not? So they can sit there, take their time, and then grab a guy if they need. But as you said, we get a month down the line and suddenly Woods is playing well, Weston's playing well, no one's gone down injured. Well, don't sign someone just for the sake of it. And it might be one where they, they do actually just go, sod it, let's, let's go now and grab someone. But they've kept six each of the last two years and it is the standard across the league. Um, so, yeah, we're all pending that way of there's going to be six at least. Could they keep a cheeky seventh? Certainly on the cards. Um, if it's one where they just want to see what's going on or suddenly it's Michael Woods breaks a toenail in camp and ends up on IR for the season. Outside of Will Fuller, who is a veteran receiver that you would love to them for them to bring in? Like who's at the top of your list? Julio Jones is the next one for me. They're, they're the two that stand out of, I think they're really, really strong talent. And especially with such a young wide receiver room, I think he, he adds value because he's going to be cheap and it's like, when I say add value for the sort of the off the field, the guiding hand, I'm willing to pay about half a million for that. I'm not willing to give 10 million for that. So if it's one where he, he, he can provide a little bit extra as well as being a good player and he will produce incredibly talented uh, wide receiver, that's there. Other guys, I'm happy to wait on them. If, if someone goes down or something happens, then pick up the phone, bring in an Emmanuel Sanders. I think it would be ideal. Um, Killing Cole's obviously gone would have been a nice fit um, but yeah it's one that I'm, I'm happy to roll with it almost but Will Fuller for me if I can get that done I would do that and then if we sat there going hey we've got eight guys that we really like one's probably going to go down injured just the way it is then you sat there with seven and you're like hey Isaiah Weston you've, you're good but you're 25 26 um week one of the season we're going to stick with michael woods or you try sneak one onto the practice squad if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but i'm, I'm happy to do that so yeah I, i'm taking the shot with will fuller yeah um i mean fuller seems we all kind of thought it would be a lock after they traded for deshaun watson there hasn't been anything concrete that says he's coming to cleveland uh, Julio Jones is obviously a name that a lot of Browns fans aren't talking about. Jared Mueller mentioned him as a potential option, and this was before the draft. And obviously, you know, they added two, three receivers in the draft. And according and after with undrafted free agent signings, maybe they don't go the veteran route. You know, you mentioned Keelan Cole would have been an option. You know, Cole Beasley still out there. Emmanuel Sanders is out there. Deshaun Jackson has said he would like to play for the Browns. And I think Deshaun Watson has publicly recruited him on social media. So, you know, we'll see what happens after this week with the rookie minicamp. If none of these undrafted guys impress the coaching staff enough, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear rumors about them going back out and looking at a potential veteran option. But I feel like they feel good about the guys they have, obviously. And like Mary Kay had mentioned, they expect with elevated quarterback play, and that's obviously barring a suspension still that we're still waiting to hear on, they feel good about the wide receiver room. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is, a lot of people are sleeping on him. He's had a couple solid first few seasons in the league, you know, with 
a better quarterback. Maybe he can break out and be a solid wide receiver too for the next couple of years. Anthony Schwartz had a tough time last year with injuries. Um, Jakeem Grant, I'm not expecting much out of him at the receiver position. And then, you know, I think Jamarcus Bradley is a lot of guy, another sleeper guy that could make some noise in camp and potentially be wide receiver six. I mean, the options are there. And of course, uh, still the steal, one of the steals of the offseason, flipping a fifth round pick for Amari Cooper was, and I still can't believe it with what has gone on among the rest of the wide receiver uh, around the league. Yeah. And the other thing is, is if you were desperate to sign a wide receiver in free agency, you're not telling Mary Kay Cabot that information. <laughs> you, you're, you're signing someone and then you're, you're proceeding. So it, it could easily be a double bluff there that they do really want someone and they're just not going to say it because the minute you do, it comes out of Brown's desperate for free agent wide receiver agent goes, right. One million on that deal. And, uh, suddenly you lose that sort of bargaining position. So it's one to keep an eye on. Andrew Berry's not one to brief out and go crazy, but I, I, I think that as Andrew Berry's always said, they're looking to upgrade everything at all times. Yeah. They treat this team like an expansion team. If there's something out there, like you said, it's great value and they could come in and compete and be a contributor on the roster. They'll take that opportunity. Um, when it comes to the rest of the free agent group, I feel like D tackle is another position they still need to look at because even though they drafted Perry on Winfrey, the rest of that room, it is ugly. You know, Tommy Togiai, Jordan Elliott, we got Sheldon Day back and he was solid, but the rest of that room, just not that good right now. And they, they, they added a couple guys uh, undrafted, but I mean, Akeem Hicks is still out there. Eddie Goldman, Sheldon Richardson, you know, Bill Barnwell from ESPN predicted that we're going to sign Nadamik Kinsu, which, I will take him. Give me more nastiness up front on that defensive line with Miles and hopefully Jadevian Clowney. But if they they need to go out and sign one of these veteran defensive tackles, they obviously have some cap space to uh, potentially work with to bring somebody in. But I really hope that they add another D tackle or even two at this point because I still feel so uneasy about that position post draft. I don't think you'll add two because no. if you add two, that would be Bryant, the two, Winfrey, and everyone else is gone. So because everything, they keep nine on the D line. Everything's looking like five edges just because they're so much deeper there at edge than they are DT. And if you kick edges inside, it makes sense to have the five edges and the four DT. So I think you're looking at one other guy because you want to bring Winfrey through rather than rely on him straight away. You've got um, Taven Bryan, who's locked in. I forgot about him. (laughs) Everyone else is up in the air. Um, whether they'll make the roster, anything, Togiai, Elliot. I think what they will want to see first here is what body shape and sort of athletic ability of these guys brought back. Because it's quite regular that they'll tell them, hey, you need to drop 10 pounds, you need to do this, you need to do that. And that can make a massive difference to defensive tackles. So if they've told them to shift some weight or put, put more muscle on or do something, they might see that straight away in camp and go, no, that phenomenal pass rushing ability that Jordan Elliott brought in through college he's finally unlocked it this offseason he was only young and now it's working that that might be something they feel confident in or they've gone look it's not working how we want go be a one tech you work on this add a little bit more weight keep the pass rushing but we feel you can do more from the one tech spot could easily be something that happened this offseason so it's tough to know what the plan is but I, I 
I would add a guy. And I just think the Sue stuff has been hilarious. From two days ago, no one was talking about Sue, to he's the favourite. Everyone's wanted him all along. Um, the Browns have been talking to him. And it's like, what's this based off? Oh, this article I read in the ESPN. You know, it's where just a guy said, I think he'd be a good fit, rather than this is what I'm hearing inside scoop. Um, it's been silly. But for me, the two that make the most sense, Sheldon Richardson um, and Akeem Hicks. Um, Eddie Oldman, it's over two years since he played well. Didn't play the COVID year, was bad last year. Could be just knocking some rust off. It could be Andrew Billings, Mark too. This is true. But, Jack, just remember, I was pounding the table for Nadamika too in March. So if anybody had it first, I did. <laughs> I, I, I'd already ordered Taven Bryan a parking spot. Yes, you, you did. Now you, using that. You called that one in January, my friend. So kudos to you because you, you were ahead of that train before anybody else. So um, the other underlying question, obviously, in the Browns right now is when are the Browns going to trade Baker Mayfield? We thought day two of the draft, we had a deal lined up with the Carolina Panthers. That did not happen. Um, obviously, I feel like the salary must be the hang up because uh, we don't know how much the Browns are willing to eat. We've seen reports are willing to eat at least 10 million. We don't know what other teams, Seattle and Carolina, the, obviously the two teams most connected to them, how much they've been wanting to eat. And a lot of people saying the league is not trading for Des or Baker Mayfield because the Browns paid Deshaun Watson, $230 million fully guaranteed. Mary Kay debunked that last weekend. That's not true at all. So now we just kind of wonder how long is this going to go on? And you've been saying for probably for the last month, since everything, all of this went down, the Browns are going to be patient on this. They're willing to let this drag out. They're not in a rush to trade them. There's been reports that they're eager to get the contract off and obviously get Baker off of them because it's obviously going to be something that's going to swirl around this organization until he's officially gone. But at the same time, Baker or Andrew Barry and company, they want value. They want a team that's desperate for a quarterback and say, hey, we are willing to eat X amount. We will give you this draft pick, and we'll work the deal out. And, you know, the example that you always bring up, Jack, is the Sam Bradford to Minnesota trade back in, I think it was 2016. They drafted Carson Wentz. They had signed Bradford to a free agency contract. They kept him on the roster and then cut down day. They Minnesota lost Teddy Bridgewater, and they shipped a first and a fourth round pick to Philly for uh, Sam Bradford. Now, are the Browns going to get a first and a fourth round pick for Baker? Who knows? Teams get desperate for a quarterback. They see Baker Mayfield there. They know his track record. They know what he can do. Who knows what we can get for him? But I feel like we all need to buckle up because this thing's probably going to drag out all summer long. As much as Browns fans are ready to just get Baker Mayfield in the rearview mirror. Yeah, if we look at just the date, because that is the only real comparable situation to this. It was the 3rd of September. I'm just trying to find the exact. It's September. I certainly know that. So it's one. Buckle up, guys. And I know some people aren't going to like that. It's not happening anytime soon. It just never made sense to happen soon. And let it roll. Yeah, 3rd of September. So in terms of sort of key dates, looking at the timeline, he's not due a dollar until the Tuesday of week one of the season. That's when players get paid. They get paid on the Tuesday of the week just because um, it forces teams into that early decision and players aren't like a day before the game being told, no, you've been cut. Um, so 
Tuesday, the second Tuesday in September, I think that works out as, is the uh, that first one before um, Thursday night football. That, that's sort of when we're talking about the long-term deadline of when the money starts. There's some other deadlines in the meantime. So the first thing to keep an eye out, off-season workout, doesn't really matter. No penalty if Baker doesn't turn up. He might turn up. He might not. Um, but that's not really a deadline. The first one is mandatory minicamp, which 14th of June is penciled in for. It's only like 90 grand. So if he doesn't turn up to that, I don't think he's losing sleep. Yeah, I mean, this is, I don't expect him to show up. I know people, there's the hypotheticals. Well, if Watson's suspended for X amount of games, is Baker going to come back and be the starter? I don't see any scenario whatsoever that the Cleveland Browns want Baker Mayfield back in the facility. Now they have to, because there's that whole, uh, there would be a whole um, dispute that they're, they're forcing him away from the facility, but I feel like the two sides have agreed. We won't, Baker won't come. You guys don't invite him in. We'll just work this out and just keep him away. I'm not sure. So I don't know if that's the way the front office will play it because there'll be language in his contract, which is standard for a rookie. And because he's on the fifth year option, all the language that was in his rookie deal will still apply to this year. If he comes in and causes problems, they can void all the guarantees in his deal. So he has to come in and he has to be the most model citizen within the entire locking room. Any of the other players do some crazy stuff. And unless they're UDFAs, the Browns aren't going to care. If Winfrey goes nuts and starts running around the trading field barking in everyone's face, they're not going to mind. Baker Mayfield does that. They'll do him for disrupting practice and they'll void his guarantees and they'll say he's wasting team time. Um, if he continues the sort of diatribe in the media, they can start proceeding action where they're to void guarantees. And if they can turn around and don't have to pay him a dollar, They'll cut his ass straight away and they'll happily save that money. So I, I don't think they're going to give him the opportunity to go, we'll give you a free pass. Um, I think there's a realistic route where they'd expect him to come in. And if he doesn't turn up, they can void his guarantees for that as well. And you would think he would show up because I did the math breaking down his contract. He's scheduled to make 1.1 million per week during the 2022 season. So uh, I'm sure his agents aren't telling him to go in there and act like a fool because, you know, that's part of their guaranteed money too. They get what 3%. So, I mean, I, it's going to be an interesting situation. I remember like last weekend I woke up and realized, man, this is going to go on all summer long. The constant reports, the constant talk about it. I mean, like I'm done talking about it. We don't really talk about it, you know, in our group chats, like we just kind of just like sit back and waiting for it to happen whether he's traded. I don't, there's no way he's getting cut. I don't think Barry will cut him unless unless Baker does what Odell did and says, you know, I'll take less money. We'll buy out the contract and just let me walk. But even then, I don't know if the Browns will do that because even though they drafted Kenny Pickett, I could still see a scenario where Baker maybe goes to Pittsburgh. I don't, it's, it's more unlikely now that they drafted Pickett in the first round, but I know everybody's been saying if he gets cut, that's where he wants to go. So it's one that the cut doesn't make much sense. Um, yeah, agreeing to a buyout it makes no sense for Baker because it's not like 
if you say Aaron Rodgers or something, you make that buyout and you get that money back as soon as you walk out and you probably actually get more money um, than you would in this situation of being stuck on a team. So it's one that he's not going to turn around and get that money. So it makes sense for him just to sit the year. If he sits the year, goes into free agency next year, he's in a nice spot, um, can play the victim and bygones be bygones and move on. So he, he's not going to suddenly be like, oh yeah, don't give me that 5 million. I don't need it. What? Um, and if you're saying, hey, we'll get that 5 million in free agency, well, some team will just phone up the Browns and go, hey, we'll swap your sevens. And um, you, you eat 13, we'll have, take on the 5 million deal, get it done. So it would get to that stage before they ate it. And at the end of the day, I, I said to fans, it was like, People are like, oh, they'll take a fourth or a fifth and they'll eat 10 million. And it's like, why do that at the draft when you suddenly get near to the season? Matt Stafford goes down, Tom Brady goes down. Hey, one of these teams are going to call and offer you a lot. Yeah, you eat 11, 13 million of the deal. But if you suddenly get a second and a fourth, amazing. Happy days. And we can turn that into a valuable asset. Without a doubt. So, Jack. Looking at the salary cap situation right now, the Browns actually have the most cap space in the NFL, which is crazy to me. And I pointed this out right after all the big free agent moves that the Browns had more cap space now than they did when they started free agency, which is just mind blowing. So kudos to Paul D. Podesta, Andrew Barry, and the rest of the front office for their uh, cap wizardry. But right now they're sitting at 27.3 million dollars in cap space. Post June 1st, they add another nine and a half with yep. the Hooper cut. So they're going to be well over 30 million. So they have plenty of money to work with to go out and sign free agents that they want to. I would expect they would like to roll over a bunch of this, but talk about the, the Browns cap situation now. And then when I'm looking at over the cap, I see 2023 and I see the Browns are at 7.2 million over the salary cap heading into the 2023 season. So explain the situation now, uh, ways they can add more space right now. And then, Moving forward, uh, how's the Browns cap situation going to be? Yeah, so just looking at this year, ways they can add more cap space. Obviously, trade Baker's one, and the easiest place to start. Next up is obviously on the June 1st, uh, the 9.5 million comes off the books for Hooper. So that's just naturally going to happen. They don't have to do anything. It's just the way they cut him. That's how it works out. Um, the, th the only other thing they can do that will create reasonable cap space is extend David Njoku. Um, because he's at the basically 11 million at the moment, they can extend him, bring that down to about um, 4 million for this year. That way they can load it back. Um, and then you, you've got a couple of guys where you look at, say, running back, and it's Dearness Johnson versus Kareem Hunt. Whoever you cut, you're going to save money doing it. Um, one of those two guys is going to be running back two, and the other one's not going to be on the team. So there's little bits like that, but that's minor. We were talking about 3 million and that's going to go on the practice squad guys. It's going to go on the um, ABC gets injured during the season. You, you sign some guy or elevate someone off the practice squad. So you're going to spend about 5 million as the year goes on. In terms of next year, when you're looking over the cap, that doesn't actually have the rollover included. So it's why the Browns are going to roll over I always said at minimum 15, but it could easily be 25 mil. They roll over. That's then going to go on top of their number for next year. So um, you said it was minus 7 mil at the moment. Well, you roll over 25 mil, suddenly it's 
plus 18. You restructure Deshaun Watson's deal to kick that can. That's about another 35. Suddenly you're in a pretty awesome position. Um, the one thing about that minus seven, that only includes about 28 players, I want to say. Um, that will have the rookies added to it soon. Um, and obviously you're going to then add the 2023 rookie class to that. So they're in a, a nice position. I've got a couple of pieces coming out over the next um, three weeks on the OBR. So this weekend into next weekend, there's going to be a piece looking at the fines all broken down and sort of the timeline for Baker. Then next week um, is going to be about the Sean Watson deal, why they're going to restructure it next season. And if they, if there was a betting market on restructuring to Sean Watson's next year, I would have everything, including my house, on that being a lock. Um, it's 100% going to happen. Nothing to do with the suspension. They just need to create cap space next year. And then the other thing that's going to come after those is going to be that detailed, here's the 2022 salary cap outlook. Here's 2023. Um, I might touch on 2024 once we get past the 53-man roster. But that will give you an idea of where we're going. But the difficult decisions are going to come with the Browns. Um, when I say, hey, Kareem Hunt isn't a lock, it's not because Kareem Hunt's a bad player. You're just looking at Kareem Hunt going, yeah, he missed nine games last year. So he's probably going to miss about five to seven in next season. Just look at running backs. Once the injuries start, they don't tend to stop. And you're going to pay him. 6.25 million and you're going to let Dearness Johnson go because you can't afford Dearness Johnson because you pay Kareem Hunt and maybe not so those sort of things it was like my Sheldon Richardson one um, a year ago where people were like no no it's not happening not happening it was happening and these things is I've started a series of articles called the gem chair on um, the OBR where we're doing this three-year look ahead and we're talking about hey what running backs are under pressure at what time? And then once I do all 12 of those, it's an exclusive because I haven't told anyone else this yet. I'm going to do an article called Jersey Watch. And I'm going to go through every single player on the roster and go, what year is he going to go? Because lots of these people buy jerseys. And I know someone were buying Landry jerseys and I was telling them, well, what are you doing? Um, and that was Landry jerseys after he'd been cut. Um, hey, I bought one of them. Yeah, but people were expecting him to be back. And right, I, I've got no right. reason buying the jersey, but buying it, expecting him to be back. I'm going, hey, it was in the sale. It's just a, it's just a steal. Got value. Now, Andrew Berry gets value in free agency. And that's not Charles Landry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am so like, I'm ready for this season. I'm ready to see what the future of this team's like because it seems like they're going to be in all, they're going to, they're going for it now. Obviously, with the quarterback in place, like they have some cap flexibility. So things feel good. I feel great about how they've drafted, feel great about how they've approached free agency. Now they got the quarterback, like D Podesta said. So it's like now they're playing with house money. Now we just need to see them wins and hopefully a couple of Lombardi trophies down the road. Hey, we're even going to see a week one win, week two win. Week three win and a week four win this season. I know. Like I said that to my coworker today. I said, if Watson's on the field, which we're kind of all expecting at this point, just because of some of the legal news, there's no reason why we shouldn't be four and zero. I mean, yeah. barring anything unforeseen, four and zero is a legitimate potential situation for us. And if that happens, this area is going to explode. 
Uh, you, you couldn't have wished for a better start. And there's good, it balances out. I think we're looking probably at an 11 and, four, uh, 11 and 6 season. Yeah. Um, and th- that's great. Um, what, there was only six teams last year that I think four had a 13 win and two had a 12 win season. So it, it's a tough bar to get to. But 11 wins is a really, really good season. Sets you up nicely. You should win the division with that. So, uh no, let, let's roll with it and get to the postseason. And who knows what's going to happen? It, a lot will depend on how healthy players are, um, who you end up playing, and just what and happens luck. on that day. And luck. Yeah. luck, yeah. I mean, look at two years ago, we were a potentially a Higgins illegal helmet-to-helmet hit away from going to the AFC title game. And who knows what would happen against Buffalo. We could have been in the Super Bowl. We weren't. And then obviously what happened last year. But, yeah, just get to the tournament and then anything can happen. The NFL is so crazy. We've seen the last postseason how wild it got. I mean, anything can happen when you get there. I mean, it's just we didn't expect Cincinnati to get there, and they did. So this could be the year of the Browns. I did. I was betting heavy on that. And I, <laughs> I, I, I loved a bit of Cincy last year. They, they let me down at the final dance. Though. They're a bunch of bottle jobs. And, you know, just to say real quick, you lucked out with where the Browns and the Dolphins matchup lined up because you're going to be in Miami like or in Florida. I don't know if you're going to be exactly in Miami 24 hours prior, and then you're going to be at the Browns-Dolphins game in, I think, is it November? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, a few people get a bit eager buying their tickets for uh, away days. I bought mine in May last year. So <laughs> in May last year, I... Uh, Booked my holiday to go to Florida for two weeks. And uh, yeah, it just happens to be 24 hours after I landed in Miami. The, well, less than 24 hours after. The, uh, yeah, the Browns were playing. So I uh, couldn't have wished for anything better. Cheers, Mr. Goodell. Uh, you've done me a favor. And uh, absolute buzzing. It, Green Bay was great last year. And uh, really, really looking forward to this one. Roll on California in uh, 2023. Nice. Yeah. And I... Uh, do the, Brown- do the Browns came there? Yeah, the Browns should be. I've memory serves me correctly. They should be playing the Rams in LA next year. So who knows? Awesome. We might play the Chargers again three years in a row. I don't know how the schedule lines up, but um, Jack, as we wrap things up, tell people what you got currently at the OBR, what's coming in the next couple of days or weeks. And uh, thank you for the time, man. Yeah, so go subscribe to the OBR. It's like one dollar, one dollar a month. Everyone can afford that. Um, loads and loads and loads of great content over there. Um, not just myself, but Jake, um, Cody, um, Corey, Anthony, Reinhardt. There's yeah. loads of awesome, awesome writers. So, um, yeah, go subscribe there. And, yeah, I'm doing my GM series at the moment. So it's generally two articles a week. So there's the roster one and then there's the salary cap one. But loads of great stuff. And, hey, if you, if you want an article or something, it's over there. Um, you'll be more informed when people are panicking over all sorts of nonsense. I've got you covered. I'll tell you what's serious and what you can just completely ignore. But uh, no, thank you as always for having me. Um, big love to you guys. And uh, thank you very much. Yeah, much love, brother. Um, you're welcome anytime. You know that the door is always open for you to come on the pod. And we appreciate you. Uh, no words could describe how much we appreciate everything you did uh, for the site. Much appreciated, man. Um, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry08 and the Dogland at the Dogland, uh, as well as on Facebook. If you've listened to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a five star review. Much appreciated. Uh, we should be back 
hopefully within the next week talking about the schedule me and anthony um don't have anything else lined up so uh until next time as we get on out of here guys go browns go browns with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.